welcoming Toya Singh, uh, one of the students we worked, I worked with in 2014 or something. Before you went to 12. Wow, that's uh, you have a better memory than I do. So this is when you were in Manila and we hadn't really yeah. met. And then yeah. you went to Sarah Lawrence College and life turned quite a bit for you since then. Uh, I also noticed on your LinkedIn profile that you did a uh, you, you took opportunities to intern in several places and also did a summer program yeah. in broadcasting. Yeah. So all these things we'd like to know because our students will be very interested. First things first, what was Sarah Lawrence like? Your first impressions about the place and matching it with what you thought you expected? Sarah Lawrence is a magical place, um, which is such a cliche thing to say about your college, I know, but it really is that word for me. Um, I think going there, especially as a woman, um, redefined for me so many, so many different questions I didn't even realize I had, what it was like to even be a woman, what, you know, small things. What I love that college did is it made me question the small parts of being a woman, but also the larger questions. And it, it, was just a, I use that word magical because it was the kind of place that taught me to question, to be curious. It undid a lot of the learning that I'd done in India, but in a very good way. Um, and it taught me to just be a very, very strong uh, woman. It taught me to be curious. Uh, and it's fascinating because I've come back to India. I've now been back in India for uh, two years because I spent a significant amount of time in New York and I had the choice of staying on there because of my visa and I made the choice to come back here just to try it out and, and see what being in India would be like. And it's fascinating because the industry I work in now is almost the polar opposite in many ways and we'll go into that in a little bit of uh, time but like it's in many ways the polar opposite of a lot of what Sarah Lawrence uh, taught me. Um, and so it's been really fascinating to see how deep that learning is, how long will it stay? Uh, you know, those questions come up in you very quickly when it's like, you know, am I staying true to the, the values that I thought I wanted to hold on to for the rest of my life? But yeah, to get back to your question, a truly magical place. And I mean that as no exaggeration whatsoever. I was very, very lucky to have gone there because it, it was a wonderland. If you're a curious person, it was a wonderland because it was a space where there are 10 kids in a class. My brother right now is in UC Berkeley, and that's a college that I remember growing up, I thought was, you know, an incredible college. And uh, I had a lot of friends go there. And my point is just that I, when I talk to him about his classes and we talk about class sizes, and he'll tell me the fact that, you know, he's a good kid. I mean, like studies wise, grades wise, he's getting good grades. But when he'll tell me things like you can, you know, um, give your class whatever the thing is that marks your attendance to someone else, um, and not go in for class, or you can just straight up not, they are actually structured so that you can not go for class for weeks and just watch them online. All those things blow my mind um, because I hear about that and I'm like, my God, like my college made me love learning. You know, we would, we were there at like 8 a.m., teeth freshly brushed, we'd come in and we'd just like read a book for the last four hours. We loved the shit we were doing. And that was the only way to, um, to go forth in that college was you had to really love your education and it taught you how to do that it's not like i walked in there and loved it from the beginning but you had the opportunity to choose whatever class you wanted i studied jazz um like singing and i studied economics and i studied uh, middle eastern politics my point is there was it was truly like hey you're curious about something go study it 
Um, and in that sense, it was a wonderland. And that's what I mean when I say I was Fantastic. Guided. Yeah, so that's definitely sums up the word magical and small liberal arts colleges. Unfortunately, yes. where the world is today, uh, more and more colleges are offering classes online, including smaller colleges. I hope the time shall, this time shall pass and we go back to that you know, that methodology of uh, yeah. tutoring. And so tell me a little bit about tutoring at Sarah Lawrence. So you have a tutor and you work in pairs with a few students, or it's just one-on-one -on -one and one -on -one. what is the outcome? It's one-on-one. -on -one. Um, so there, there are two different systems. There's uh, the fact that you will, from the first day that you enter that college, have a don, and you will be the donny. And so that don is kind of like your parent or figure who checks in with you for the rest of your four years. That, for some people, worked really beautifully. For some people, it didn't work at all. Me, for instance, I, me and my don didn't have the closest relationship. Lovely, you know, me and him had a cordial relationship, but very much not the kind of person I could sit with and talk to for hours, as caring as he was. But the other thing that you have is that every class you take, uh, so you only take three classes in a semester. And each of those classes, you have to sit with your, if it's a seminar and not a lecture, you have to sit and meet your professor uh, once every two weeks and you sit for an hour and you discuss this side project because in every class along with the essays that you're doing every few weeks you're also doing one long conference project over the course of the entire semester and that project will be specialized so for instance I was studying Middle Eastern politics and my conference paper was on how Saudi Arabian women used social media as a form of expression so that's what I mean it was it's kind of a, a minuscule part of that much larger subject but what you get to do is you sit one-on-one -on -one with that professor and they tell you what books to read. You kind of go down these long you know, pathways, but at the same time, you also build a relationship with them, which is why when it comes to going to grad school, et cetera, SLC teachers can write you such excellent recommendations because they really get to know you because of that process. But yeah. Great. What about pre-professional tracks though? You know, there's always that thing about do liberal arts colleges, particularly the ones which are really tiny, like Sarah Lawrence in size, do they prepare students for pre-professional tracks? You know, and that's the question most parents keep asking. Students love the idea of going to a small school, but uh, when it comes to uh, translating that to, uh, you know, finally making a call, in your case, your brother also went to a large school, <laughs> despite the fact that, you know, yeah. uh, your dad and mom obviously liked the idea of Sarah Lawrence for you. So each one to its own, but what do you think? Is that a grouse most students have that small colleges don't prepare students for careers? I think that um, there's something that we need to be very careful about when we're entering this discussion because um, my parents were not happy. I, I would even say till today, I think SLC definitely did not answer for them the question of will their kids go, you know, will their kid have a job after this? That was not, SLC was a place that made me curious about the education that I have. SLC is a place that did a lot of character building, um, but job preparation, I would very much say that SLC is not the place that you go for to be like, hey, I want that, you know, amazing. And and that's not to say that every third kid doesn't like lots of kids I know have graduated on to do excellent jobs, but they've and you know, they're earning a lot. So that's not to answer that. But it is to say that a lot of parents I know, I was class president. And on the day that I graduated, and I was giving that graduation speech, in my own speech, I joked because me and my co class president, neither of us we're leaving with jobs in our hands. That's not the kind of place that you, and that's not to say, obviously, everyone you graduate, you know, you take some months to you end up with a job. Then you will get that life and the nature of 
employment is such that things figure themselves out. But answer your question, which is that, you know, to those parents, SLC does have the option to prepare you for pre-professional tracks. I have a number of friends who, one of my best friends studied pre-law at SLC and is now at Harvard um, at the law school studying law. And there are a number of such examples I can give. I have another friend who's getting a master's to become a, a professor. Um, and he also took his pre, you know, his preparation classes at SLC. So SLC does do all of that, but it's a place that you go to for education first and to be curious first. That is the way I would look at that. It's an experience um, and it's, I use that word magical, but it is in no way uh, a preparation for a lot of the big, and that's the thing is when I see, you know, I, and I hate, I don't want to make this entire interview a comparison between sure. and Sarah Lawrence, Large or small because, mm -hmm. Yeah, particularly because Prithvi is only in freshman year. He's only in the first year. They are very, very good. They're so focused on, at, at freshman year, they're so focused on how will he get out? What will he, but when I sit down and ask him, what are you taking away from his classes? There's a different, you know, so I really think that it Got comes it. to you asking yourself, what are your priorities when you say? Well said, him. well said. So uh, in general, if you look at your career, and you walked out as class president, knowing fully well that you still need time to explore and then choose a calling. Tell me a little bit about broadcast journalism and being an anchor is super cool from the outside. <laughs> but, you know, being there for an 8 a.m. show is definitely going to be a, a challenge which many, yeah. many people don't think about. <laughs> so tell me how, how was that journey and how did you commit to a career in broadcast journalism? Um, okay, so it uh, in college I did jazz, I sang, and uh, before that in Vasant Valley and even in Manila, because I was in Manila for the last two years of my school, um, I was singing there, and I realized that I I love the thing I love or the thing that makes me most make me feel most alive is being on stage and is communicating and feeling that like I don't want to say again magic, but that energy uh, from communicating, and um, I had that thing, and so when I graduated from college. Um, I spent a good six months not doing anything. So I'd moved into Brooklyn um, and I was trying to figure out what I should do. And I started then working at National Public Radio in New York. Um, and I was interning with a show called Ask Me Another, which is a game show that they have. And um, it was one of those, it was a very, very lovely job that taught me about the rigor with which Americans work. Um, they are so professional. And what I mean is my I was working on a, a quiz game show and for one question we would literally sit and do a day's research I remember and I think this is a funny example uh, in Friends there's a character called Ross and Ross is a paleontologist and this was once a question in one of the quizzes and the audience member said he's a zoologist no not a zoologist a geologist we spent a day researching whether or not a paleontologist is technically also a geologist or not and we contacted Columbia we contacted the National Science Institute that's my entire point like that was the beauty of learning and what working there really taught me. But I will say that while working there, um, and then also after that, I worked at Discovery Channel. So I was, so that's the thing is, I was like, all right, this is, you know, media is where I'm interested in, uh, what I'm interested in doing. But while I was doing that, I was also seeing the talent, quote unquote, the, the central figures in each of these shows. And I was seeing the fact that um, in both NPR and in Discovery, um, I saw that I felt like I could be taken a lot more seriously and given an opportunity 
a lot easier if I tried it a different way. And I was trying to figure out what that different way could be because I wanted to try being the face uh, and I wanted to see what that process could look like. When I say the face, I mean the in front of camera, uh, you know, energy or, or person. And so I was at Discovery Channel um, and that was almost a step in the other direction because when I was at Discovery Channel, I was working on Cash Cab, which is a quiz show. And I'd also interned at Shark Tank, uh, you know, along the way. So a lot of different media platforms. But when I was at um, this place, when I was at Discovery, I really realized we were writing. And I just felt like I was like, I'm in the middle of nowhere. And that's kind of where my um, America experience kind of grew interesting. Because while I was working there, I really realized I started missing a lot of things about India. Um, the community, the sense of feeling like you belong, some very, very pivotal things. Uh, and I do, I've, the lovely thing about working at an NPR or a Discovery is I've had the, what I would call the prime American experience, you know, working at companies that are incredibly intellectually alive. But it was only after working there that I could be like, all right, this is really cool, but I want to see if this can be brought to India and if more can be done. So I came back uh, in 2000 and to 2008. 18, 18. Yeah, yeah, when I came back, uh, there was typical, like I come and I just, the one thing I want to tell, if there are any kids who are graduating or about to graduate or in that process, uh, it took me a full, I have had so many long chunks of unemployment. Uh, and I think those chunks are so important. I think people, especially in the Indian mindset, are so afraid of being unemployed. But I think that if you're able to, it's a privilege. If you're able to, because... It's a privilege that, you know, my someone is paying for me. Someone is paying for the food that's entering my, not now, but like earlier, there was definitely like, you know, that was something that was taken care of. If that's a privilege you have, be careful, but try to make sure that you're using it. Be intellectually curious and explore as much as you can. Uh, and I only say that because when I came back to India, again, there were six months where I was sitting around and I have to tell you that I came to India and there were so many people who were like, you know, just join any media company, just, you know, just work anywhere, be a reporter, because pe people don't know how to approach industries that they don't know anything about, you know. Uh, and so a lot of the parental advice, not from my parents, but everyone was, you know, go, go just join this company. And the problem in our media industry, as we as we know it today, is that um, media in India and in even in the US, actually, there's a sharp divide, right? There's right wing channels and one or two left wing channels. Um, and so I came back and there was this thing of, you know, uh, the channel I wanted to work at or the channels I wanted to work at not being able to employ or hire at this time uh, because of the climate that we're in. And so that was the thing is I came back and I really applied to different places, sat around, felt hopeless. And that's what I mean is it's all part of the process. Um, and then I started anchoring. And first I started training. It was a long three, four, five month process of just training at the company. Um, and while I was training, I was doing this other thing called desk work. We never talk about the fact that if you're an anchor, max you're anchoring three, four hours. What is that anchor doing for the rest of their day? There's always something they're doing apart from that. And in my case, it was editorial work. And I, it was, I hated it. And um, I hated it because it was something that was literally cut paste. There was, it was, uh, it, it was work that wasn't very, um, cerebral but was also known to not be cerebral like everyone knew that it was kind of the grunt work but the experience of anchoring itself was uh for the first i'd say for the first year and a half it was pretty pretty revelatory it was pretty cool it's the only job that i've known that um you can't switch off while doing because you have to as as arjun was saying you have to go to sleep at uh 8 p.m every night uh, and then you have to wake up at 3.30 in the morning. And then I take a cab and I go to, or I was going to uh, Noida. 
and I was sitting with uh, like in the morning 3.30 you're sitting with you know security guard the driver and you were just going in the andhera you know in the rat and you're just uh, landing up and there's an, like a quick hour of makeup and then you study uh, I would study for three hours and then I would go on air at 7 a.m. and the reason I'd study was because um, sometimes those coverage notes so the the people the, the note that decides what's going to go on the next morning is written the night before so it needs updates based on what's happened you need to know the news you need to know the perspectives you need to know arguments so it's a lot of really really intense work and for two years i didn't have a life i have just quit a few days ago and as when i say a few days ago i mean i literally it's been i think 10 days um but very very happy with this decision um because i congrats I, congratulations yeah fantastic in fact you are the second uh, person on uh, our show i can call it now because we're launching a <laughs> podcast who's uh, quit and started a venture of their own uh, and also related to media so i'll introduce you to this malika kapura who i had interviewed and she lives in calcutta uh, so yeah it'll be fascinating to see <laughs> how both of you could collaborate in some ways Great. So I've, I've understood, like, I think connecting the dots, the energy you got from performance in jazz. In fact, I attended one of your jazz concerts did, in Sarah Lawrence. Yeah, it's fantastic. Great memories. And uh, uh, also then seeing the different opportunities and internships that you sort of figured things out. Yes, it is a privilege to be able to do that. At this time, students who are graduating from high school or graduating from college, sadly not getting their graduation ceremonies the way they typically do what would you uh what is the message you'd give them how do, how do you deal with uncertainty i know it's not something that you face this kind of uncertainty but in general what advice would you give people who are the suffering? only advice i would give is that the inevitable is going to happen and the inevitable is that you are going to have many days where you don't know what's going to come ahead um i just want to ask you to not settle and when I say I want you to not settle, it's that to the degree that you can, try not to do jobs that are comfortable and so you're taking them. Try not to do jobs that are, you know, uh, that that it's like, okay, you finally got a job and so you took it. One of my biggest, the things I'm happiest for is uh, in 2018, so 2017 end, uh, I'd, you know, done, I'd gotten done with NPR, I'd gotten done with uh, Discovery and um there was a job at Newsweek that I was interviewing for. And while I was interviewing for that, I went in for the first interview and it was, um, you know, I'm realizing now that saying the names is probably not great, especially when I'm going to say something that isn't the most complimentary. <laughs> but uh, I remember entering that, you know, Newsweek room and just a lot of the ways that a number of these companies are today run is, it's digital. It's how many hits can you get on your page, you know? And so I remember them talking to me about the articles they need me to write and saying, you know, you need to get this many hits to do this, da 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 And I was sitting there and I was just like, and it was freezing cold outside, right? Because New York, you have snow up till, up till your chin. And I was just sitting there and I was like, my God, is this really what I want to do? And then my parents were so scared and I was so scared because it had been three months since I'd, you know, been unemployed after discovery that my parents were just like, stay, stay, wait, see, you know, because then I got a second round, then I got a third round, they had four or five rounds. So as I kept getting rounds, they were like, please stay, please stay. And for me, something clicked and I was like, I just don't want to do this. And I know I don't want to do this. And I'm so, you know, even though it took so many months after that coming back to Delhi to explore, I'm so happy I did that because you can't compare being an anchor um, in one of the, you know, country's biggest channels to, writing articles somewhere that that wouldn't have 
And that was the thing is, it's, it's not even about the name. And that's, I think, what it's really important to realize is in your years now, you're going to get some jobs that sound great and some jobs that don't sound great. The unifying factor is, is the job something that wakes you up in the morning and has you excited? And for two years or a year and a half at least, anchoring got me up and it got me excited and it had me on my toes. Trust me, when you're 24, 25 and you're doing a job that you're waking up 3.30 in the morning for and sacrificing everything else for, because you don't have a social life, obviously, if you're sleeping at seven. You don't have anything else, um, but it's worth it. Uh, and so my point is just that. My point is, uh, do not settle. Um, choose something that is intellectually curious. Keep pushing yourself. You are entering the hardest times. Trust me, as someone who has been unemployed for very, very large portions, I know just how the word is depressing. Like, let's not shy away from that word. Um, it can get very scary. It can get very depressing. You just need to, it's unfortunate, but all I can say is you need to, you really need to believe. And when you see those little signs of magic, because small things will connect in small ways, you need to be able to- Right, I, I always keep telling students that there are guardian angels out there. There's something yeah. does work out. And yeah. I'm sure there would be mentors along the way who've been there for you without really expecting anything. Um, it's, there are good things happening in the world. So you just have to wait for that signal. But being ready for those opportunities is another thing. Uh, going forward, I had a few uh, personal sort of quick takeaway questions, kind of rapid fire questions for you. One would be, uh, what do you think uh, in three adjectives, how would you describe your strengths? Do you want me to describe my strengths or do you want to tell me what my strengths or, are? Yeah, three, three words, yes, that's it. Of what the strengths are. Right. Ah, this is a, you know, I should have known this was coming. <laughs> um, the three right. things, uh, easily, I would say one is persistence. Um, I would say one is curiosity. Um, and I would say uh, the third is optimism. Very much. Well said. Much well optimism said. Sometimes, but very much there. Okay, so now this portion, which is the last five minutes of our segment, is more about going back in time and thinking about college admissions and life as a high schooler, uh, reconnecting online and sort of doing uh, essays, etc. together. What was the experience for you like? Happy to uh, plug in whatever good or not so great things you have to say no, about yeah. our work. I remember, well, uh, me and you did it online entirely, which I think right, is right. unique. I would, I would suggest try to meet your counselor if you can, obviously. And I think you would also suggest that. Uh, that said, I think it was such an interesting experience. I, we There was one essay I remember we wrote. I think it was about performing on stage. There was another on Anderson Cooper. It was one of the coolest experiences just because um, I remember I was studying at a, I was studying, I was doing IB, which is in its own way very rigorous. But this was so stimulating to come home to and have to write and to do uh, and I remember being so frustrated while I was, you know, while it was stimulating me because that's just part of that process. Uh, so, yeah, I, I my my single take. I mean, it was a lot of fun. Um, would I do it again? Probably not. But yeah, it was definitely yeah. very stimulating. Yeah. Great. So and in terms of advice for high school kids, how would you uh, sort of tell them to look for colleges or yeah. even work Whatever. towards applications? Um, I would really suggest uh, when it comes to colleges, and this is the advice. So my brother goes to Berkeley because I told him to go to Berkeley, um, which I it's, it's a funny thing to say. Like I'm like many will say that, but no, seriously, like he will also say that himself. Um, and he had a few options. And the reason I gave you that little thing is because he was looking at colleges like UCLA, other, you know, other. And that's the thing is, I think when Indians 
uh, when we approach the idea of going to colleges, it's we always approach it as a name brand and b um, this concept of like job kaise aayega, right? And my brother was looking at a few colleges, Berkeley being one of them, but there were others like UCLA um, and a few others that would have probably been better for his job prospects. But for me, Berkeley of all his options would have left him the most intellectually curious. I give you his example because when I look at myself and Sarah Lawrence. it was the same thing it you want to find something i'm not saying enter this as you don't need to find a job in the end of the day because of course that is let's be realistic that is the goal but if you're a high schooler i would really suggest going into that you know look at my my one of my favorite ways to do this is look at the colleges alumni um see and when i say look i don't mean look at their name you know don't see how famous they are now i want you to look into their lives uh sarah lawrence produced vera wang who's a clothing designer and she was a science student who one day started designing clothes my college is full of experiences and people like that people that i like to call renaissance men and women who specialized in doing a number of things um ram emanuel who's the chicago mayor um or was the chicago mayor um was also a economics and I, he was also a ballerina that's my entire point like a number of these people that have done everything a renaissance person is the hardest thing to be but it's also what i think our future is going to contain more and more of people who are doing yeah with the gig economy and with people trying new careers and you're a case in point where you're sort of reinventing yourself to launch your own youtube channel <laughs> how far is that headed like do you see that as the next thing that you want to do or it's just one of those side gigs no no it's um very much it's not it's not a um it's not even a so i'll tell you the way i approached it was when i was working when i was anchoring um i just saw that the news that we were doing was just not and i don't mean my channel i mean news in general was not being presented in a manner in which so much of india could consume it um so much of india has moved to their phones and yet news media has not done that shift in the same way so you do have a few websites that have started out and are doing a very brave job but that large scale transition hasn't happened and i just feel like there's so much exciting shit there's so much scope in that space um that needs to be explored it was as simple as when i was turning around and asking people uh, you know in the last few months when caa nrc when uh, kashmir was happening and i was turning around and asking people very few people knew what was actually going on there was an apathy when it came to indians knowing about what was going on in india and that's not something we should be proud about at all uh, one of the things i think that makes america so special is that americans take pride and know and involve themselves in what's going on in their country um and i think indians need to do that in a much privileged indians in particular need to do that in a much much bigger way um but it's not fair to ask them to do that if the media we're creating isn't exciting enough and isn't scintillating enough who am i to ask for that so that yeah, was so my the first uh, so the first uh, uh, what do you call it episode that you launched on youtube uh, was very millennial very gen z and it had that energy but also very intellectual in in bits and parts so it was a interesting uh, it was almost like watching uh, interesting professors speak about different concepts and merging things together in a cool way uh, so crash course on so and so philosophy and current affairs uh, so where do you see do you will you have a team eventually or you already have a team so i do already have a, i have people yeah. working with me um but for me it's not so that's one episode but the way i actually structured this was i wanted to spend the next 3 months um this is actually the first month but i want to spend the next 3 months playing around with what media can look like I have released that it's thought jungle it's one episode um 
But before I carried on with making more episodes even there, I wanted to play around with other formats also. So it was very important to me that I not jump into doing something just because it's, you know, I've given it feet. I wanted to play around with something that was more long form, something that was much more political. Uh, I want to try that out. Then I want to try something else. The reason I want to try out all these languages is because I think it's so important to try and only then go forward. I don't want to be making, especially because I'm like, I'm only going to be 25 once. Um, and I'm only going to have the privilege of sitting at home, uh, my parents not worrying, me having the finances to go about doing this. I'm not, these privileges aren't going to come together too many more times in my life. And so I really want to go about this in a way that tries and is curious and is experimental first. Uh, so that episode is very much, as you're talking about, it's philosophy and it's fun, I think. Um, but what I want to look towards creating now is I'm looking towards creating something much more newsy because I want to see what that looks like, what that feels like, um, and then go back to create. Because that's what I'm like, the world is my canvas and it, it, that is a space I won't have for too long. So I might as well use it. So, so Shekhar Gupta's and Shoma Chaudhary's of the world, they'll have to look out for you. <laughs> that's great. So yeah, this has been fantastic uh, spending this half an hour with you, Toya, and uh, looking forward to meeting you in person. So all the best for the future. Thank you, Arjun. Goodbye. See you. Thank you. Goodbye. <laughs>